Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Unscrewed the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I'm your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and I am so thrilled for my first episode to welcome an old friend. I asked him here after I read the 11 billionth think piece about whether or not we should hook up, and I knew he'd be the perfect person to help me unscrew that whole question. Sometimes when you go on new endeavors, having an old friend there is the best thing. So um, please welcome to the show... S. Bear Bergman. Bear, thank you for being my first guest. I'm I'm so delighted. I'm so delighted I'm not even going to make a cheap joke about being your first. <laughs> Will you be gentle? I, I mean, as gentle as you would prefer. That is the right answer to that question, Bear. Yes! Excellent. So, Bear, who are you? I'm a writer and storyteller and educator and activist who does a ton of work around uh, gender and sexuality issues. Uh, I'm the publisher of Flamingo Rampant, which is um, a feminist, racially diverse, LGBTQ positive press for children's picture books. Flamazing. Uh, Flamingo Rampant is flamazing. I, you know, I think you're the first one to say flamazing, and I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. I am the advice columnist for Bitch Media as well. You're like a gender and sex Swiss Army knife. I mean, that feels like a big upgrade by association, and also, I'm now going to spend the rest of the day thinking about the attachments. <gasps> Will you? Right? Yes. I want to do a little superlative lightning round because the establishment who produces this podcast, uh, the you know abbreviation for that is EST, E-S-T. We are, we're going to do a bunch of EST words. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Okay. What has made you the happiest this week? Uh, my littlest kid who is seven months old um, put both hands on the side, on my cheeks yesterday morning and attempted to give me a kiss he doesn't really understand kissing yet so he just like put his open mouth on my face and drooled on me but it was pretty great nevertheless okay that's super great that's making me happy all right what is the best sex advice you've ever received uh felice shays once said to me 95 percent of all sex issues 
can be solved with either more lubrication or more communication. After thinking about that for a further decade, I have come up with very few questions that that did not apply to. Amen and hallelujah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is the sexuality-related news that's made you either the maddest or the saddest this week? Or recently? Oh, David Bowie. Ugh. No gods, no monsters. No gods, no monsters. Uh, what is the biggest sex myth that you once believed? Oh, that all butches are tops. Ah, that's a good one. I mean, it's bullshit, but that's a very <laughs> pervasive one. Yes, and I really got inculcated very strongly with that when I was a young butch. And imagine my surprise, and let's be honest, delight, to discover that that was not actually how it had to be. Excellent. And last one, uh, who is the bravest person that you can think of who's working to unscrew the sexual culture? One one person? Pick Seriously? one. You can oh. pick a bravest person. It doesn't have to okay. be like... Okay. Um, you know, I'll say the person I thought of first, which is Ignacio Rivera. Um, and they are a, an educator and activist who does a ton of work around, um, sex and sexual orientation, sex and, uh, gender identity, sex and race and racialized identity. Um, and I know a lot of really fantastic educators and activists, but I think Ignacio is the person that immediately sprung to mind when you said bravest, because I think they have been so transparent and so giving. Giving is really the word I want, you know, so generous um, in talking about their own experience, their own identity, their own really deep truths, even when that has maybe been a place where it could have been more comfortable, safer um, to keep some stuff private. They are the Taj Mahal and the bee's knees. Excellent. Well, I just learned something already. So I brought you here, dear bear, <laughs> to talk about... The hookup culture. Um, I um, recently, maybe right before New Year's, saw a piece circulating among smart people I know called Swipe Right on Monogamy. It was a piece on Medium as part of their uh, post from the Near Future series uh, by a writer named Charlotte Shane. And I thought it was a really interesting piece. It was about how she is really disillusioned with casual sex uh, because it sucks in a lot of real ways that casual sex can suck uh -huh. um, and is thinking more about commitment and, and wanting more relational stuff from her sexual relationships. Um, but it's and, and I just loved I, I, I had this like really bifurcated response to it. Like I loved parts of it and then parts of it I hated because it was kind of like declaring this a trend. When in right. fact, it was clearly where she was at the time. And it got me thinking uh, a lot about how often we see trend pieces about whether hookups are good or bad or in or out. Um, and how much that entire framework, that entire question drives me up a fucking 
tree. Uh, I don't want to single out Charlotte Shane. In fact, hers is probably one of the better pieces that falls into this trap. <laughs> but there have been so many of them. Yes. You know, it's like the biggest clickbait in the world, it seems like sometimes. Yes. I and I and I think that's part of why it happens, right? It's like and look, here I am doing a show on it for my first show, right? Like, hmm, uh, right? Like, it's a hot topic. It's a perennial hot topic. Should we be hooking up or shouldn't we? Especially for women. Um, but it just, I just find the question so bankrupt. It is absolutely true. And the research bears this out in terms of orgasm gap and, and stuff like that, that these casual sex encounters can be really unsatisfying in general and also especially unsatisfying for women because the idea of casual sex is thought of as a male thing i, I guess i should say women who sleep with men right i just um I, okay, yeah okay i don't mean to interrupt you go interrupt i just i'm 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 like welling over right now with this with this thing which is what are we even talking about when we say casual sex here, this is where I always run aground on this particular conversation. There's no room for the kinds of casual sex that I'll just, I'll be honest. There's no room for the kinds of casual sex that I particularly enjoy. I'm married. I'm in a polyamorous relationship. I have only ever been in polyamorous relationships except for that one monogamous relationship I had that one time when I was in university, which I'm just not wired that way. That's what we learned. And it's funny, I, I, my experience is literally the photo negative of that. I had that one poly relationship that one time and learned that I was not wired that way. So here's my thing always, which is that I really like for there to be some intimacy with my sex. And I don't tend to enjoy sexual encounters that do not include some amount of warmth or sweetness to them. Now, does that mean that I have to be head over heels in love with everyone that I have sex with? It does not. Um, and it doesn't necessarily even mean that I have to have known them for a long time. But it almost never means that I want to, like, you know, pick someone up in a dark bar after we've been, you know, shouting pleasantries in each other's ear for a minute and then go home with them. What it often means is that there are people with whom I have some amount of familiarity ahead of time or people with whom I, you know, sometimes you meet someone and you just really click right away. Like you, sure. you feel like you, you jive in some way. Um, and I definitely am very much in the choose wisely and keep going back program of people that I have sex with who are not the person to whom I met. Right? I think this question of like, what is your style when it comes to casual sex is a is like already a way better question. Like, I think that's interesting for me to hear about you. I I overlap with that a little bit, but I think I have a little bit more interest in less intimacy. Like, um, I am, as I mentioned, super monogamous and I've been in a monogamous relationship for quite a while now. But my rule was always I don't want to go to bed with anyone. I don't want to have pillow talk with afterwards. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a slightly lower bar than yours was. <laughs> right? Like, I I would absolutely meet people online, you know, specifically where both of us were looking just to fuck. And I would chat with them just enough to know that I thought that they seemed like a decent human being I might like to have a conversation with. Um, 
but I didn't know them in advance. I did it one like my 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 most extreme example of that is one time I was traveling. I was in Chicago actually, um, and I just was feeling it. And I went on. I want to say it was Craigslist. It's like the super cliche. And I I love Craigslist. I have such good Craigslist stories. <laughs> met this guy, and we were gonna meet in my hotel bar first, but he got delayed, and we just decided that he was just gonna come up to my hotel room. Um, and he literally did. He came to my hotel room, and we boned for an hour, and he left. <laughs> and it was great. It was actually nice. really fantastic, and felt like so outre, or I don't know. Um, he was a lot of fun. He was a nice guy. He had problems letting go afterwards and continued to get in touch with me. But, um, you know, not in any kind of terrifying way, just in a sort of like needed to set strong boundaries with him way. Uh, but, you know, I had had a couple of email exchanges with him online enough to know like, oh, this is a person I think is interesting and would like to have a conversation with. And that was it. Well, and I have, I mean, and my Craigslist stories are I have a lot of Craigslist stories and all the good ones end up with, and we're still friends, right? Like I, I have I, one of those. It was actually my first Craigslist encounter. I wrote about this pretty famously. Mine too. My um, first Craigslist encounter is still a friend. I just, you know, it's not that it's such a high standard of casual sex, but I just, so there's a couple of things for me, right? Like as a trans person, once I've disclosed that I'm trans, like that's a whole piece and it takes a little doing for me right. to sort of be in my body with a new partner. And so the first time I'm always kind of like, I'm half in half paying attention to what I'm doing and I'm half thinking about, you know, how they feel about my transness or my particular medical interventions around transness or whatever that looks like, you know, it takes a little while to learn what somebody likes and to, and to have them learn what you like or to see if they're going to care about learning what you like, which is kind of a big, right? Yes. Yes. Um, which is, which is more important in fact, than immediately knowing what you like is sort right. of like, are they curious about you and are they paying attention? Right. Right. Which gets back to, I, I think the real issue that a lot of young women and young people in general do have, you know, in these latent trend pieces, which is like, the casual sex that I have, it, it's mostly sucky and I can't find people who meet my sort of low criteria, which is like, as a person, I find you interesting and you pay attention to me in bed, right? Like, which should be like the basic human, I don't know. I don't want to say shoulds, but like everyone should be able to expect that if that's what they want anyway. If if that's what they want. And I think for some people, the just the fact of a new partner is titillating enough that they're halfway there just on the strength of that which I don't think is bad the mistake that I think we make in these conversations is acting like there's a one true way or, yes or starting to get saddled up with you know either you're or creating binaries where none exist and the thing about creating binaries where none no real binaries exist says the trans guy is that one it erases all of the other things that we could be doing because then we're not talking about those things and the you know, binary isn't just like hookup or monogamy but also there's like a a space-time binary right which is like either you're a person who wants casual sex or you're a person who wants monogamy which is like 
I mean, actually, really circumstantial, right? Both in terms of like the arc of your life, like different periods are different. And also like with this person, maybe I just want a bone. And with this person, maybe I want to make a life together, right? Like it's so true. The idea that you have to pick a side also drives me up a tree. When I met my husband nearly nine years ago now, I had two other serious relationships that, you know, and when I, I say serious, right? And when I say serious, I mean people that I that I was very intimate with and was having sex with. Um, and I also had, you know, very intimate friendships. And I also had, you know, guest stars and friends with benefits and things and people that I was being sexual with. And But none of those relationships were a relationship that I wanted to um, escalate, I guess is mm-hmm. the word, right? Which they doesn't were, make them invalid or no, bad or failed, right? Like, right. No, it doesn't. They're not failed. They're great. They're satisfying. They're nurturing. You know, I have a, a lover that has been my my dear, close friend and lover now for it's just about to be 13 years, you know, and we were never going to be primary partners, but by being able to sort of let that relationship be what it was and not try to make it into something that fit a cultural script, I was able to keep it. And it has been, it's been one of the greatest gifts of my life. I just wish that the conversations could be more nuanced in all these ways, all the different kinds of casual sex, all the different reasons you might want to have casual sex or not casual sex or not. What's casual sex as opposed to, uh, the other like what do you what even is the antonym or what are the other locations in that serious sex <laughs> i'll tell you what i so rarely want to have that i know it's, it doesn't sound like a drug yeah i mean for me my last sort of experiences with casual sex were actually while i was actively looking for a monogamous relationship like i super knew that i my ideal was to find someone i wanted to be a monogamous long-term partner but like in the meantime am I supposed to be celibate like right like it actually made me allow allowed me to be pickier in terms of thinking about who I wanted to make that kind of commitment with if I was having a bunch of my needs satisfied along the way quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. 
So I just sort of realized this about myself very recently was that for the whole period of time from when I first started dating until dating until I met my husband, I never had a relationship that went in the sort of classic direction where like first you date and you mess around and then eventually you have sex almost without really like without exception every relationship that i have had that has been enduring has been a relationship where first or very very early i had sex with the person and then i decided um whether i you know or it became clearer i decided whatever if i wanted to be in a relationship with them i mean i think it depends for if you're asking if that's true for also for me um uh, I think it depends on what we mean by early, uh, you know, depends on whose standard for early. Like I certainly have been in serious relationships where we like fell into bed and then a serious relationship developed. Um, but I've also been in relationships where it was the third date or like I was actually, it was really soon. I was like in the middle of disentangling from this other relationship and I wasn't ready to jump into bed with somebody else. So that relationship, you know, developed over a couple of months before we actually had something I would call sex. It's been a, it's been a total mixed bag for me. I certainly have not had any rules about like, Oh, if you think you might want to be serious about this person, you shouldn't sleep with them right away. Um, Which seems I don't know. If it works for people, you should do it. What you should do what works for you and what makes you happy. But it that always felt sort of like this artificial game playing thing to me. Mm. Like, I know I want to sleep with you. <laughs> like, I'm not doing it because there's a rule. Like, it never understood why the rule. I mean, I don't uh, I don't think I have ever had a, a rule or even a, an idea about how it should go. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of interested as we talk in wondering, sort of, I wonder how much being out as a young queer and sort of never having participated in that script of relationships where you, you know, where there's an expectation of physical intimacy escalating over time um, because I never did it. I don't know if I never learned how or if I just never got it that like that was an important part. But it's been interesting to think about that for me. I didn't come out until my senior year of college. Um, and so I definitely had, you know, high school boyfriends in that more traditional way. But I was always what they my mother would have called fast <laughs> had she known. Um, And so I knew what the rules were. I just never was super interested in them. And I don't know to what to attribute that. Like, is that just temperament? I don't know. Well, and for me, you know, my first, my first sort of older queers who were my mentors were, you know, bathhouse faggots and leathermen and sex workers um, of all genders and high femmes. Um, of all sexes and the right like no one was busy inculcating me into the true love weights program I'm just gonna <laughs> say that <laughs> like I mean I got a very complete if highly idiosyncratic sex education and some of the things I learned when I was 16 I didn't have a chance to put into practice until 
until much later in my life as a sexual person. But the thing that was true for me, certainly, in that in that group of people was that they were actually sex positive as I understand the term to really be, which is they were very positive about sexuality. They very much encouraged me to explore as I felt inclined slash safe slash comfortable, which also very much included not having sex if I didn't feel totally delighted about the situation. This actually brings me to the the last thing that I really want to make sure we talk about, about the sort of traditional hookup narrative and what I hate about it is the idea that hooking up is inherently less safe than having sex in the context of a relationship, uh, a committed relationship, serious sex, I think we have established. Um, yes, yes. Uh, you know, to be sure, hooking up is can be a scary proposition. Like the first time that I went home with somebody off of Craigslist, the the person who became my good friend, um, I literally was like, oh my God, I'm going to get axe murdered. <laughs> like I was really nervous about it. And I, I told him, like I was telling my roommate where he lived. And if I wasn't, didn't check in by X time, she was going to come. And, you know, like I made sure he knew like that I knew what time it is. And I also am a person who has a lot of self-defense training. And that helped me sort of feel like I could take that risk. But it felt really scary. Like this is a stranger. Like you really know nothing. Um, on the other hand... Like, when we use that narrative as though it's much safer to be with a, a committed, quote-unquote, partner, we completely erase the amount of sexual violence that happens in the context of committed relationships and other mm -hmm. kinds of abuse, emotional abuse and physical abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, we have to talk about those, those concerns. Like, I have to talk about them, absolutely. Um, but I don't like to talk to them about them as though one way is super risky and the other way has no risk. Well, they're, they're different risks, you know, and I think that everything that an individual does in life is them expressing their tolerance for certain kinds of risk um, or their enthusiasm about certain kinds of rewards, right? Whether that's the choice to be a freelancer or to have a regular steady day job, you know, there are there are reasons that I have not worked a proper grown-up job since 2003, right? I, I do love a paycheck, but there are other things that I like more, including having the freedom to work on the projects I want. So I think one thing that I always want to invoke when we start talking about this is to say we all have a ton of experience maybe more than we give ourselves credit for, assessing whether a particular endeavor is going to be the kind of good stuff, enough of the kind of good stuff we like and an acceptable amount of risk or an acceptable amount of things that we don't enjoy. But the other thing is, you know, I have been in an abusive relationship in my lifetime and I have had on a not inconsiderable amount of what I think for this purpose we would call casual sex. And of all the bad things that have ever happened to me while I was naked, none of them ever happened with any of the people who were casual partners. You know, they all happened with people that I knew and trusted or knew and 
would have been expected in the you know cultural trope to trust and and i don't think that that is necessarily everyone's experience in fact i really hope it's not i hope dear listener that you are not having bad experiences while naked at all um that you're only having delightful frolicsome ones but it's true we act like relationships protect you marriage protects you that you know once you sort of hitched your cart to somebody else's star horse i don't know you know what i mean though right like yeah. once you've that once you've made your once you've made a considered decision that that that's the important part and that that the the consideration is what protects you from bad things happening and you're right that's not you know, it's not remotely true. And that narrative erases the experience of everyone who experiences intimate partner violence, who was, who did consider, who made a choice, and who is not safe within that choice or hasn't been. Oh, all right. So if you were going to write a think piece about whether or not people should be hooking up, how would you do it better? Like, what would it, what would be the different questions you would ask? In summary, Bear. In, in summary. I mean, I think the, the beginning thing would be to say to people, first you have to get clear about what you actually individually want. Not what you think you're supposed to want, not what your friends want, not what you imagine wanting in a different world, but when you are when you're only thinking about yourself and what you want and not what would be good for anyone else, blah, 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 whatever. What seems like it would be satisfactory to you? What seems fun? What seems connected? What seems like it will advance your personal goals? What matches your politics? Who are the people that you want to be doing that with? You know, my, my little, um, you know, when I put ads on, on hookup sites or whatever, I'm not really selecting for you must be between five feet nine and five feet 11 mm-hmm. and have, you know, blonde body hair, but not too much. Um, I'm really selecting for I want I want cheerful, enthusiastic, feminist, sex positive sex partners who will be a good time, not only in how they touch me but also in how they feel to be around yes and i have a whole other thing about how the thing that we see in the movies that i refer to as the magnetic noses moment you know what i mean (laughs) yeah okay how that thing not only erases um the like very important need for people to have a conversation about what they're about to do but also it you know, it, it takes the place of it, right? There's this heterosexual sex script where you just, you start with the kissing and then you go to the fondling and then you go to the fondling people in their pants. And then you go to the, you know, docking the sticky outy business with the, <laughs> with the place where it fits. Beep, or one of them. Beep, and then you, right. Is that the docking <laughs> noise? Yes. That's my docking noise. Yes. And then, you know, unfortunately people are mostly prepared to believe that it's over when the person with the sticky outy business is no longer able to stick it in. And it's the most heterosexist and most cis sexist situation you could possibly imagine. It just assumes that everybody wants to do that 
nobody wants to do anything else and that's just the natural conclusion of the activity and that everybody's genitals are going to be what you see in Hollywood and yada yada and so people just do it because they can't figure out how to interrupt it yep maybe that's the article that I want to write how to interrupt the magnetic noses script and have the sexual experiences that you would like so that you can figure out if casual sex is a thing that you would enjoy and if so with whom and under what circumstances so listeners we want to hear what you think what are your experiences about with casual sex how do you decide whether you're into it or not or with whom you know how are you feeling about all of this stuff you can tweet us about it using the hashtag unscrewed uh i'm at jacqueline f on twitter j-a-c-l-y-n-f as in friedman what are you on twitter bear i'm at s bear bergman s bear bergman you don't have to use our handle so if you just use the hashtag we'll we'll take a look at it um you can email me at unscrewed at jacquelinefriedman.com it's j-a-c-l-y-n-f-r-i-e-d-m-a-n.com uh you can also record your feedback uh on your phone on a little voice recorder and email the audio to me and i might include it on a future podcast um cool also, feel free to use that email address, unscrewed at JacquelineFreeman.com, to send in people you'd love to hear on future shows, topics you'd love to hear me cover on future shows, uh, advice questions. We're gonna be, we're gonna be hearing a, a a sort of full episode every other week, but in the interim, you're gonna hear an episode, a sort of mini episode that has your listener feedback plus. Uh, and a listener advice question gets answered by myself and a guest Uh, so send those advice questions in again you can tweet them you can email me and and, or you can record them in your own voice and email them to me so we can use your voice on the show bear where can people follow your work and what you're up to uh well, I'm definitely on Twitter at uh, S. Bear Bergman. Uh, I also have a website, which is sbearbergman.com. I'm on Instagram as S. Bear Bergman. Uh, ditto, you know, all the things, Facebook, all the things. Um, the Our Children's Press also has its own website, which is flamingorampant.com. Um, my tour schedule is on my website. I will be, you know, I'm, I'm travel quite a bit around the U S I'll be in the Bay area in February, uh, and out in uh, Boston, New Hampshire in March. And then I think down more in the mid Atlantic States in April. Um, but I really encourage people to reach out. Also, um, I am still, uh, writing this advice column for, bitch media which i really enjoy what's it called and you can it's called ask bear i know but you can email in advice if you if you want to submit your question to my advice column which is uh on bitchmedia.com and, and which is not strictly about sex stuff which although is it can not be strictly yeah. about sex stuff it can be about anything 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 um you can email asking.bear at gmail.com excellent and you can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Jacqueline F. Uh, and you can find all about me, stuff I've written, my old podcast episodes, uh, my tour schedule, all of that stuff at JacquelineFriedman.com. Uh, you can download this show uh, and listen to it at Acast, which is a really great new way to listen to and discover podcasts. Uh, definitely check it out. Just the letter A-C-A-S-T. 
Uh, you can, of course, find it at Stitcher and at iTunes. And if you love the show and you want people to find it, please, please leave us a review and a rating at iTunes. That's how iTunes figures out which shows to promote. Uh, this show was produced in collaboration with Katie Tandy, creative director for The Establishment, and edited by yours truly. Our in and out music is by The Pink Tiles. And until next time, I am wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.